Welcome to church today. Stand with us. Let's worship. Let's give God praise today.
the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated, the King is alive. I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm.
that what was done at the cross still pays the price for us today. What Jesus did at the cross still sets us free, still heals us, still delivers us, still moves in our life today. Amen? It was a one time that lasts forever, for eternity. Amen? Thank you, Father. God, we're just thankful today, Lord God. We're thankful, Father, that you paid the price, that you shed your blood, Father that you sent your son, Jesus, to shed his blood for us. And through that, we have redemption. We have freedom. We have healing. And we have salvation. God, we glorify you today in this house. God, we magnify you today in this house. God, we give you place today in this house to come and do what you want to do, to be who you need to be in our lives. Father God, we just exalt you today in this house. We give you glory. We give you glory, Lord. We give you glory, Father. When I got it laid down like that, it won't see my face right. Sorry. Um, Luke 10, 41. But the Lord answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. They are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. You know, we're familiar with this story. Jesus had come to Martha's house. Martha was scurrying around, getting things ready. She even got mad and went to Jesus and tried to say, hey, you know, my sister's not doing anything. 
and I'm doing all the work and you just go tell her to help me and Jesus said Martha Martha because see her sister learned to sit at the feet of Jesus her sister knew the answer was just to sit at the feet of Jesus now there's a time to prepare we have to prepare for things but there's a time to sit at the feet of Jesus because healing comes freedom comes peace comes when we just go sit at the feet of Jesus and I just I just feel like God's continuing to say come sit at my feet don't be so busy with distraction see isn't that the number one thing the enemy uses he does for me he gets me off on the wrong trail he gets me off on the wrong thing and then I'm not focused on what I need to be focused on but I know Jesus is saying if you'll just come and sit at my feet if you'll just seek me, if you'll just let me pour out into your life, there's some things I've got for you, but you're not going to get it while you're running around. But if you come sit at my feet, if you just sit at my feet, I'll do some things.
Can you lift your hands all across this building? Come on, can you begin to give adoration to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? If he's been good to you, you ought to give him your best praise today. We worship you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. Come on, 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 come on. Keep worshiping. Keep worshiping. He's in this place. This morning when I got up, I woke up. And I woke up with the, what I believe was a migraine. And those of you who have had migraines or dealt with migraines know what they could do. I woke up feeling terrible, terrible. And I, I fought and I fought and I was like, should I go to church? Should I not go to church? I was in between this bubble and I just kept pushing through and pushing through. And I just, I knew there was a reason I needed to be here today. Coming into the building, I, I didn't even feel good. I, I sat in my truck for probably three to five minutes out there just trying to gather my thoughts and while I was sitting there and brother Don come up and talked to me I, and as I had a conversation with him he said are you okay pastor I said I'm not feeling well he said let me pray with you he quoted scripture and prayed for me I walked in the door my wife caught me she said, what's going on? I said, I don't feel good. I said, grab Aaron real fast because he may be doing kids service on stage today. Aaron came in. He said, Pastor, let me pray with you. Laid hands on me, prayed for me. Sitting there, Sula came in, laid hands on me, prayed for me. We sang about the blood of Jesus. I'm here to tell you right now, I'm an overcomer by the blood of Jesus. And the, my testimony is right now, I feel fine. Don't tell me that God doesn't heal. Don't tell me that God doesn't touch his, his people. Let me tell you something. If you've got a need today, you ought to stretch your hands towards heaven and say, God, I have this need, and just lay it in his hands. Just lay it in his hands. I want you to pray specifically right now. We need to pray for Carl Flynn, who's in the hospital right now. He's on dialysis. He's having trouble uh, with, with many things, but the blood of Jesus. We claim the blood of Jesus over Carl right now. I want you to pray for the Gore family Th this week. Stephen laid his grandma to rest. He just laid his, his grandfather to rest. I want you to pray for peace over them in different situations. I know there's a lot of needs in this building, but our God is enough. He is the God of more than enough, and he can touch your situation today. Come on, can we just lift up your need today? I want you to just by faith speak and say, Lord, I'm dealing with this, or my, my friend is dealing with this. Lord, would you touch 
Lord, would you minister like you can in the situation? You are a good God. God, I plead the blood of Jesus over those who are dealing with sickness today. God, I plead the blood of Jesus, Lord, over those who are dealing with addiction, Lord, today. God, I plead the blood of Jesus over those who are dealing with bondages today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would set them free, that the bondages would be broken by the anointing that we feel in this house today. God, we believe, Lord, we know. We worship you, Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, church. I don't want to legislate your praise and your prayer today, but come. sometimes you just got to press a little bit more. Sometimes you got to step in a little bit further than you want to at times, but just press today. Come on, sing it, church. God. so good come on church lift your voice come on sing it out church If you're thankful for the goodness of God over your life, can you give him an, a, a, a hand clap of praise today? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we honor you today, God. I thank you. I, I, I feel the anointing in this house today. I feel the anointing in this house today. I believe God is going to do something amazing in this service. He already has, but he's going to continue to do something amazing in this service. 
I want you to look at your neighbors, look at them and just say, God will do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we could ask. So get ready. Amen. You may be seated today if you can. So good to see you in the house of the Lord today on this Labor Day weekend. You could have been out doing a lot of things today, but you chose to be in the house of the Lord today. And I, I want to say I, I'm grateful for that. And it's so good to see you today. And uh, if you are with us today and you are a guest with us, this is your first time with us, we want to say welcome to you. We're so glad that you chose to worship with us today. Can we give all of our guests a welcome today? Stay right there for me. Uh, and so right now, I want to do this. I'm going to ask Carrie to come up, and uh, she's going to do announcement. We've been trying to do this for like a month, and uh, since camp, and uh, we had a couple of weeks where we had to quarantine after camp, and so we, we pushed some things back, and we were going to do it last week, and guess what? The projector decided to, to not work for us last week, so guess what? We're going to do it this week. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this over to you. Do you guys appreciate Aaron and Carrie? Do you guys realize how blessed we are here at Cornerstone? God has just blessed us with so many talented and great people, and uh, what an honor. So here, here's Carrie. Do you want to go ahead and show the video, please? Running hide, you bring the broken back to life. Only you can, only you can. You set me free from every chain. You fill my heart with songs of praise. Only you can, only you can. Jesus, you're the only reason that I'm even breathing. I am wide awake. My heart beats.
is calling out your name. Praise God. Well, camp seems like such a long time ago with, you know, everything that has happened since then. But we just wanted to take a moment and share some of the things that came out. And I'm going to cry because, ooh, it's already been a morning. And I've already been with the kids and seeing them worship and knowing that they still are carrying over the things that they experienced at camp. Kids and teens the same. And there's so many things that I could share about time spent in the altar with them and the things that I heard praying, you know, kids praying over and teens seeking after. But one of the things that stuck out with me the most was it had been a really good service and just really intense altar. And there was a lot of kids up in the altar. And there was this one little girl that was standing off by herself. And she had been up there for a pretty long time. And I had seen people come and go and pray with her, but she always stayed up there by herself. And she had both hands over her heart. And so as the service was winding down, I went over and I just put my arm around her. I said, I just wanted to check on you and see if you needed me to pray with you. And she goes, I'm okay. She had real big tears just rolling down her face. And I said, can I ask what you're praying for? And she said, I'm just happy. And I think I feel what joy feels like now. And just, oh, I mean, my goodness, you talk about knocking me down and whew, just knowing that there is no kid-sized God. There's no teenage-sized God. There's the big, mighty God that we serve, and he reaches every single one of us, no matter the age. There's no juvenile, kid-sized portion He's reaching kids in a mighty way, and he's reaching teenagers and talking to them and giving them direction in their life. I know that there were ones that were in the altars, and she was just desperately praying for God to direct her steps. She said, God, I just want to know what I need to do, where I need to go, and he met her there, and, she, and the joy that came over her face. So thank you so much for sending your kids, sending your teens for sponsoring. I know there were some kids that were sponsored by people in the church. It did not go empty. Your blessing went on, and it's doing great, great things. And I just want to take a second, because we have some, Pastor mentioned earlier, we have the best of the best volunteers. And I just want to bring honor to Jessica Houston and Eric England and Katie Booth, the way that these people serve and the love that they show to these kids and teens was amazing. They didn't just come to chaperone. They came to have fun. They came to pray. They came to love on these kids and meet God with them. Those kids weren't without. They had an adult who was there with them, pushing in those altars with them and praying over them. And if you see them in the hall or if you send your kids to their class, could you just tell them thank you? Because I know Aaron and I, we love them, and we couldn't do anything that we do without these amazing volunteers along with us. We are so thankful for them. Can we just give them a hand real quick? <laughs> so.
So again, just thank you so much. I hope that your kids um, shared what they learned, what they um, what they did, the fun that they had. There were some crazy stories come out of camp, and we don't want the things that happened afterwards. And you know, we we know the quarantine and all that. We don't want it to overshadow what God did at that camp because He did some great things, and. It's not going to stop us. Yeah, we had to take some time off, and it could have thought, oh, we've lost momentum. But I tell you, there's nothing that can stop God. We're not slowing down, and we're not stopping. So don't get discouraged. Don't let your kids get discouraged because God's still moving, and he's still doing awesome things. Thank you, guys. I... I'm happy to be in the house of the Lord today. I, I truly am. This week has been a flash week for me. Uh, some of you know, some of you don't know. I, I took a, a quick trip to California this week. Uh, I had some dear friends of mine whose mother passed away, and they called me and asked me to officiate her funeral. And I said, I think I can make that work. And, and so me and Tristan hopped on an airplane and uh, made a flash trip to California. It was kind of a dual purpose for her because we, we were in Bakersfield, so we were able to see her mom and dad. And uh, I want to just testify, uh, many of you know that they had, uh, in one of the wildfires that was happening up there, the French fire, uh, Tristan's parents' home was, and they had to evacuate. They were safe. Um, and there was a lot of destruction up there. But God, it, it's amazing because when I, when I talked to her parents when we were there, there, there was a cluster of, of homes. I don't know how many. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not even going to try to guess. But the fire surrounded them, and it got within probably, I don't know, maybe less than, than 75 yards from their actual home. But God sustained their home. And I, 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 I want to give God praise for that. You say, you say, oh, TJ, it's just, it's just stuff, and, and we know that. It's just stuff, but, you know, uh, for many of you who have lost homes and fires and floods or whatever the case, you know how devastating that can be, and so uh, we were just, we were so grateful that God was able to sustain their home, and so when, uh, we were able to visit with them while we were out there, and I, I uh, got to speak uh, at this funeral on Friday. Yesterday, we came home, got up early. Uh, in in California terms, got on a plane, came back, brought brought someone back with us. One of our our good friends from from California, and he is here with the for the week with us and hanging out with us and with our family. And uh, so I, if I've been a little bit out of pocket, it's because it's not because I it was trying not to be. It's just because I was gone. That was that was it. And so uh, we made it back. And the first thing I said when we landed in California, I sent Zalia text, and and no, we didn't leave our kids at home alone. My mom came from Missouri and spent the week with them, and I texted Zaley, and I landed in Bakersfield, and I said, it's, it's still as brown and ugly as it was when we left. So, <clears throat> And so, uh, you know, I was happy when we landed yesterday, and I was like, man, look at this green. It's raining here. Wow, the air is clear. There's so many, so many positives, but, uh, but we are uh, we're glad to be home. Uh, maybe a little bit jet lagged, but but God is good, man. Look at your neighbor. And say God is good. Um, last week I told you guys uh, that I was going to be speaking on waiting on the Lord today, uh, waiting on the Lord today, and I, I want to uh, take take that thought. So if you have your Bibles, you can go to Psalms, 
Psalm chapter 40. And uh, I'm going to be doing something, uh, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version. I, I looked at a couple different translations today. How many know sometimes it, some, some scripture just sound good in, in King James and New King James Version? There's just certain times that, and so I, and this was one that I, I was looking at today. And uh, if you have it, say, I got it. All right, if you don't have it, you can look on the screen and say, I got it right there. So Psalm 40, it says this, and this is David speaking. He says this, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock. And establish my steps. Verse 3 says, He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. And does not respect the proud, nor, nor such as turn aside to lies. Verse 5. Many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works which you have done. And your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would to declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Let's bow our heads today. God, I thank you for your word today. God, I already feel the anointing in this house. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help me to be an oracle of you today, God, not, not of myself. God, I pray, Lord, that... The anointing would come from, from your word and only your word. God, I ask, Lord, that you would touch lives today. God, I pray, Lord, that, that, that people would be freed from sin today forever. God, I pray that people would be free from bondages today. And, God, we will give you the praise and the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. So today I want to talk to you about why you should wait on the Lord. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, why you should wait on the Lord. And the reason is, uh, the reason that we should wait on the Lord is there are benefits to waiting on God. There are benefits to waiting on God. How many know sometimes when you, when you, uh, when you go places, you do things, there are benefits, certain benefits to doing certain things. I was in the airport yesterday, and uh, we were in a very, very, very crowded terminal in Phoenix yesterday. I mean, very, very, very crowded terminal. While we were sitting there, I, I remember I, I, I looked at Tristan and I said, man, this would be a good time to, to be able to go up to the Admirals Club and get away from all these people up there because they got nicer chairs up there. You could relax. You could, you could chill out. And, uh, but you got to have membership to do that. I, but there's benefits to having a membership there. And so, uh, but how many know that we live in a, in a microwave, uh, instant pot air fryer, get it done now kind of world, right? We, we, we don't understand or have truly lost the concept of what it means to wait. We're always in a hurry. I, a matter of fact, I, this is how I know Indiana was getting into me. When I got into California, I thought everyone was driving crazy. I said, man, these people are driving fast out here. And I told Tristan, man, I, I, I got to get back in the groove. People were like, get out of my way. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just going about my way here. Sorry to get in your way today. But the thing about this scripture that I read is David had been through a few things. 
And he's not speaking of, uh, from a position of inexperience, but he's, he's speaking this <laughs> psalm from a, a position of experience. He had been through a few things. You know, um, he, he's, he's a bona fide or a genuine, uh, had a genuine position of knowing what it means to truly wait on the Lord. Anybody ever had to wait on the Lord? Sometimes we got to wait on the Lord. And the psalm is a reflection of his life and it's trial. He had trial after trial and then he had setback after setback and situation after situation. And David just kept waiting on God. David was 15, about 15, many scholars believe, when Samuel anointed him to be king. Uh, when he came to do that, do you realize that it wasn't, uh, it, and many scholars believe that David was somewhere between the ages of, of 15 and 19 when he killed Goliath. So this is perpetual. So he's anointed king, then he goes and c- kills Goliath, and then he would not be the king of Israel until he was 30 years old. So there's this time frame of 12 years where David had been anointed to be king, but there was 12 years where he had to wait on the Lord. And some of you say, I have to wait 30 seconds for the microwave, and you get upset. Sometimes when it doesn't happen fast enough for us. But, and I, I begin to think about this, and you've heard me talk about this in, in the last month or so. Abraham and Sarah, they waited 25 years for the promise of God on their life. But why do we, in modern-day America, Christians, why do we give up on God so fast? And oftentimes, we, we don't like waiting. And I, I don't know about you. I, <clears throat> the problem is, with us, is we ask God, and when we don't get it, our answer in, in, you know, 30 seconds, a day, a week, a month, we give up. And that's not what God has called us to do. We, we've lost, I wrote this down, we've lost the art, and, and I don't think it's the art, but no, I think we've lost the heart of waiting on God. We've lost the heart of waiting on God. So it begs the question, what does it mean to wait on God? What does it mean to wait on God? And the word here, wait, it comes from a Hebrew word, it's kava, and the Hebrew, and I'm not a Hebrew expert by any means, but but as I studied this word, this, this Hebrew word, it takes, you know, sometimes translators, when they, when they would take Scripture, the Hebrew uh, version of it, they, they would, sometimes English or other translations fail to give the full meaning of what that Hebrew word actually meant. So the Hebrew word here, kabah, has, it, has, it takes two English words to describe it. It's what it does. It takes two English words to describe it. it and, and to kind of describe it, it's, it's a position. It's, it's this, hope with expectation. Waiting in scripturally, when you look at this, I waited patiently on the Lord, is I waited with hope and expectation. I don't know about you. When I hear hope and expectation, that sounds an awful lot like faith. I waited Patiently on the Lord, David said. I can't help but think we've lost the heart of waiting on God. Because oftentimes we, we lose hope. And, and waiting sound, kavah, uh, it means to wait actively with anticipation. And waiting patiently in a, in a position of hope and expectation. Matter of fact, another translation, a Hebrew translation that you could say is, uh, uh, it is waiting I waited. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, waiting, I waited. 
Does that make sense to you? Wait. While I'm waiting, I waited, you know. Waiting, I waited. So uh, it also means while I'm waiting with hope and expectation that I'm bound and connected to the Lord. Now, a lot of us, now you guys are quiet, but, but I promise you, if you amen me, I will go a lot faster today. All right, everyone start amen, 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 right? It also means while I'm waiting with hope and expectation that I'm bound and I'm connected to the Lord, and I'm going to do it His way and not my own. Ooh! I don't know about you, my flesh jumps in when I'm waiting on the Lord. God, you're not moving fast enough for me. You're not doing this quick enough for me. Kind of like those people in California. Hey, Mr. Rent-A-Car from out of state, you're not driving fast enough for us. Get out of the way. So we put our sticky hands in our situation. And how many times have you been waiting on God and you put your hand in the situation only to make it way worse than it ever was? I'm guilty of that. I'm definitely guilty of that. And so, and here's the problem. In our American minds and the way that we see things, we think of waiting as just sitting back and letting time pass. Reminds me of when we go to the doctor, doctor's office. They say your appointment's at 1030 and you get there at 1015 and they call you in at 1130. happens right and it's waiting and it's doing that or maybe you've had to go to the laundromat and do your laundry and while you're sitting there waiting on that dryer to go and you keep putting quarters in there like come on hurry up hurry up hurry up. anybody ever been there well maybe it's this maybe you're waiting on your wife to get ready to get out to the car not me I've never done that or maybe she's waiting on you to pick the right tool at Lowe's, come on, it's just, it's just a tool. Get, get what you want. That's what my wife always says. I, if I know if I wait, I can get what I want because she wants to get out of there, right? But here's the thing. We, as Christians, we've taken this, this word wait, and we've, when it's supposed to be hope and expectation, and we've turned it into, God, I'm just passing time. I'm just existing. I, and we've lost that hope, and we've lost that expectation and we need to be reminded that our hope and expectation is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Another word for wait can be this word right here, trust. It's another word that can be moved in there. And I'm actively with anticipation, expecting and hoping while I wait and I trust in Him. Can I tell you this today? God is worth waiting for. God is worth waiting for. There, see, there's this generation that, that, needs to be, that, 